I don't know about you, but sometimes we're given difficult tasks to do in life. Fifteen years ago, they asked me to do a very difficult task, and that was to come here and minister to, obviously, half of you weren't here then, so I can say what I like, because the other half have probably moved on anyway. Um, but sometimes we are asked to do things which are just extremely difficult. Now, how do you take two million BMWs on a journey for 40 years and bring them to a final destination point? I don't know if I've ever been a manager. I was a manager in the, in, in the civil service and uh, you were given a journey to take and you had to end that journey to take. Most of us now, if we go on a journey, we'll put a sat-nap on. Most of you. Don't believe there's anyone here who doesn't use Google Maps or Apple Maps for those of you who are rich and have I, iPhones. Like Alan has an iPhone, you see. So he just, yeah, we're still into Google Drives. Um, but listen, whatever you do, you need something to help you to guide you through life. And, and, and one person was told to take two million people. And his name was Moses. And Moses, I can imagine, wasn't relishing the task. I mean, first of all, you've got to have a strategy and a plan, haven't you? You've got two million bleakers, mourners and whingers waking up every morning wanting to know what the day was going to bring. And, and Moses went to God and said, listen, God, I'm not doing this unless I have your presence. I want to know that's a great way to start the day. Lord, I don't want this day to really unfold until I have your presence. I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done in life, you can know the presence of God. Do you know that? And listen, you don't have to be holy to do that. You just have to come to God. We've got this huge hang-up that we have to have a, a certain credential to come Jesus. In fact, the word says, just as I, I am, I can come no other way. And so Jesus invites you every morning just to come to him. Let him work things out. And he says, Moses says, listen God, if you help me with these two million people, I think we've got a chance. And so I want to read you Moses' uh, reaction to his plan listen very carefully because these words I believe are for you the day the dwelling was set up that was a, a tent the cloud covered the tent and from sunset until daybreak it was over the tent it looked like fire it was like that all the time the cloud covered the tent at night when the cloud lifted above the tent the people of Israel marched out and when the cloud descended on the people, they camped. The people of Israel marched at God's command, and they camped at God's command. I only notice those two things are very important. They went and they stayed at God's command. Even when the cloud hovered over the dwelling places for many days, they honored God's command and they wouldn't move. They stayed in the camp. But the moment God gave the order and the cloud moved, they moved. If the cloud stayed only from sunset to daybreak, then lifted to daybreak, they marched. Night or day, it made no difference. When the cloud lifted, they marched. It made no difference whether the cloud hovered over the tent for two days or a month or a year. As long as the cloud was there, they were there. And when the cloud went up, they got up and followed it. 
and they counted God's command and they mastered God's command. They lived obediently by God's orders and as delivered by Moses. The reason Moses was so successful is because he relied upon God for the movement of his life and for the people that he was moving. And if, I don't know about you, but the children of Israel had to sit there every single day looking at that cloud, wondering if it was going to move. They would not move. I don't know about you, Julie. I hate waiting for anything. Absolutely hate waiting. I'm the most... I'm just not patient enough. The other thing is, someone says, not far from me, that I have ants in my pants. I just can't sit down uh, anywhere and settle down for anything. Now, I've got a friend, and she, she starts like that to watch a movie. And about three minutes into the movie, and then she probably wakes up halfway through and then wants to know what the story's all about, etc. But can't keep her eyes. Soon as the movie comes on or anything comes on, she falls to, she falls to sleep. Me, I can't sit. I've got to be up doing something. I've got ants in my pants. Now, it'd be no good God putting me in this children of Israel for a day or a month or a year for me just sitting there. It ain't working. But do you know, in my life, and I'm telling you in your life, God isn't going to move for days and months and years. And you're going to be thinking, what is going on? And God is saying, there's nothing going on. I'm doing a preparation stage. But when the cloud moves, you can move, Eddie. But when the cloud stays, Eddie, I know it's been a month, but it's still there. You've got to stay there. How many people know the presence of God must lead you in your direction of life if you need life to be successful? Amen. Hmm? Amen. The trouble is with God... He keeps saying to me, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. And I'm saying, well, that's great for you, Lord, but I, ain't, I, that, that's not, I haven't got a thousand years. But you know what God is just saying? Listen, time is in my hands. And we keep singing these songs and we, we say, oh, I believe that, I believe that. And then we complain, to, oh, I complain to God when I'm still sitting here two days. Because listen... If I'm to be successful and you were to be successful, you need a cloud. And you've got it. It's called the Holy Spirit. You see, we can now read this again, putting ourselves in that, and instead of saying cloud, we can actually say Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in me. And the Holy Spirit covers me from sunset till daybreak. The Holy Spirit dwells within me and when the Holy Spirit says move, I move. And when the Holy Spirit says stay, I stay. I neither move nor go unless the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. It's my cloud. Now that doesn't mean to say, young man at the back there, you can stay in bed all day because you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to move. You've still got to go out to work, right? And you've still got to do... That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we're allowing God to move and direct our lives as we give each day to Him. That's what we're saying. No, seriously, because there was a time when Paul says to people, I'm telling you that Jesus is coming, so everybody stop working. And Paul says, no, if you don't work, don't eat. Paul was saying, you've got to get on with life and just expect Jesus to come. And that's why I love that song, Days of Elijah. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet's call. That's what we're listening for. But we've got to carry on living our lives, haven't we, as we wait for that trumpet to come. See, I would like God to give a drum roll for about a minute. 
before he comes. A real drum roll. Where's Simon? No, he's there. He's a real, real drum roll. And then we're ready and ready for when the trumpet sounds and the blast comes. But we know it's going to be very quick. But God has said, listen, night or day, Linda, it makes no difference. When the Holy Spirit moves in your life, move. When the Holy Spirit settles you down, settle down. And the secret in this passage is to know the Holy Spirit. So let's look at another few things and we're going to close because there's tea and coffee and I'm waiting now. I can't wait for that cake. You went and cut that cake in front of me this morning. Temptation at my door. You're not supposed to bring temptation to people's door. But Julie had this night cutting this delicious carrot cake. Anne-Marie was doing this with the cream. <laughs> so I'm not touching the carrot cake. But listen, point one. If we want to make our life mean anything at all, first of all, they had to leave Egypt. The children of Israel had to leave Egypt. Egypt speaks of sin. And I want to tell you something. If we want to be successful in life, the first thing we've got to do is leave sin behind. Now, that's a struggle. That is a struggle. We've got to leave some stuff behind. The children of Israel, when they left, had to stay in the wilderness until they had done a thing called the Passover. Until they remembered that God had delivered them from Egypt and from the bondage that they're in. Can I tell you the first thing we need to understand if we want to live a successful life is do we know Lord Jesus Christ as our own personal saviour? Because unless we have that fundamental, we can't move on. The Bible makes it abundantly clear we were not designed nor created to make life on our own. We were designed and created to worship God, to have a fellowship and a relationship with God. And God is calling every human being in this planet to come and follow him. To leave Egypt and to come and come and go into the promised land which God is going to give us. But like the children of Israel, I don't know about you, but I'm 70 odd and I still haven't got there. And I hope I don't get there yet for a while. But what I'm saying to you is our life is like the children of Israel. It's a journey. And you can be stuck in the wilderness. And you can be going round in circles as the children of Israel did for 40 years. Your life might not seem to have any meaning this morning. But God is saying it has because I have a plan and I've got a purpose. And the first one is you need to follow Jesus. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. That's no, no reason not to come to Jesus. Jesus is calling you this morning. Jesus is asking every one of you this morning to come into a relationship with him and he will deal with all your issues. He's not asking you to come to him this morning so that all issues will be immediately dealt with. He's come to you this morning to say, I can deal with your issues if you are prepared to allow a cloud into your life. And everyone who's been born again has a cloud, the Holy Spirit. Your life can be sorted out right now by just asking Jesus into your life. Because it's the first stage on any journey is to hand your life over to Jesus. And don't wait until you think you've got life sorted out because you won't come. Come as you are right now. Why not take a minute and just say, Jesus, my life's in a mess. 
Jesus, I don't really know where I'm going. But Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that if I take the first step and ask you into my heart, you will come in. You will come in. I don't care whether you're hung up on drugs. I don't care whether you're hung up on this. I don't care whether you're hung up on that. Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance this morning. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but the unrighteous. I came to call those who need me, those who recognize that life cannot be made without me. You are the people that I want. It's a recognition of the fact that I believe that Jesus is the only person who can move into your life right now and start sorting out the mess. I really do. Jesus, I believe in you. The children of Israel put the blood on the doorposts and the angel of death came over and passed over them. And they believed, they saw with their own eyes the miracle of that day. When the children of Egypt lost their firstborn. But God delivered them. And they came out of Egypt. And they came into a desert. And for 40 years, yes, they were going to be in that desert. But God had a plan and a purpose. That God would take his children into the promised land. But the first thing they had to recognize. Is that they needed a God. I wonder this morning. Do you really believe you need a God this morning? Do you? Do you believe you can make life without God? Because many are trying. You may think, oh, get on with this pastor. You keep preaching the same. But I can only keep on preaching this message. I believe there's people in here this morning. You need Jesus. Your life's never going to be sorted out until Jesus comes into your life. Came that you might have life and that you might have it in all its abundance. I don't believe that means having a great, wonderful life here. I believe it means the holiness of God comes and fills your life. And through all the stuff we go through, we see his hand of mercy and his hand of grace. The adventure for Israel was to leave Egypt and to head into a promised land. And you and I will never know the greatness of the promised land till we get there. But the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. And neither has it entered the heart of man things that God has for those who love him. I want to tell you there's something way over the other side that's going to blow you away. I'm serious. There's something that's in this next life which is just going to make this life disappear. Because God has promised to take you to the promised land. But he wants you. To surrender your life to him. You might say well I've done that years and years. This is just old stuff. Well sometimes we just need to be refreshed. That the reason we're going to the promised land. Is because of someone who came to die for me. 2,000 years ago. At Calvary. The second thing was this. The moment they asked Jesus. This nation accepted Jesus. A thing called the Shekinite glory. Fell upon the place. Up to then, they'd just been a bunch of people wandering. And God says, I want you to build a tent. I want you to build a tent. And as soon as you build the tent, I'm going to bring my glory. And my glory is going to fill that tent. It's called the Shekinite glory of God. And for years and years and years, 
The Shekinah glory filled that nation of Israel until they became so disobedient that in the book of Ezekiel, the sad news was this, and it said the glory of the Lord departed from the temple. How sad is that? And the glory of God departed from that nation. And for 400 years, the glory of God was not there. But then in the book of John, Jesus enters the scene. And John says, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. As Simeon held that little baby in his arms, that's what he was seeing. He was seeing that divine power, that shaking like glory filling the earth again. And he would remember the days when that tabernacle in the wilderness was so filled with the glory and the power and the presence of God. Simeon could say it with a smile on his face. I have seen my salvation. And I want to tell you this, the glory of God lives in every born again believer. Because when Jesus went to heaven and the Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost, the shaken like glory has returned. And that's why we don't look at a cloud. What does the Bible say? Keep your eyes fixed on. Come on, keep your eyes fixed on. Jesus, who both began and finished this race we are in. I love the message. It said, study how Jesus did it. Jesus never lost sight of where he was going. That exhilarating finish with God. Jesus could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever it took. Jesus took that place at the honour alongside your glory. We too can find ourselves flagging in faith, says Paul. Go over the story again. Study again that story, item by item. That long literary of hostility that he had to plough through, that was Jesus. This will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Do you want to get adrenaline in this morning? Well, the God says you have. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. But look again unto Jesus, who bore the shame, bore the cross. Life isn't going to be easy. But Jesus found life exhilarating because he was in the presence of his Father. The Sheikhanite glory was guiding Jesus day by day. God's Son Jesus was focusing on something greater than the circumstances in which he was in. Jesus says, if you want to make it in life, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. We've got a glory. We've got a shake and night glory, friends. We don't have to do this on our own. Jesus is calling us to look again at Jesus. And we need the power and the presence of that Holy Spirit to burst forth as Jesus did. I love those words. It will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Are we really looking into Jesus? Is our focus both morning and day not on a cloud, but on the Holy Spirit? On the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul says as we conclude. For we walk... By faith, not by sight. 
See, the children of Israel looked up and saw a cloud. We look up at Jesus. We, we're a bit different. We don't see. Well, I don't see physically Jesus. But I don't have to. Because he leads and guides and directs as I allow him to do. But the frustrations of life sometimes overtake me. And sometimes I lose my focus. And it's not that God isn't there. It's I just have left him. Because I'm allowing my circumstances to dictate my peace. God is saying no. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't look up at the sky. We don't see a visible city. But the glory of God is none of the less real. It's right where you're left, Edward. I want to tell you this morning, you don't need to see a visible cloud to experience the presence of Jesus. What we do need is to take time with Jesus every day and ask him to allow the Spirit of God. <coughs> Paul refers to this great glory as one of the greatest advances that you and I will ever have. And let me finish with this one. First of all, they had to leave Egypt. Second of all, they had to look into a cloud. And third of all, Moses told them, you are God's possession. I want to tell you those three things this morning as I leave. You need to come to Jesus. I'm going to keep repeating it. I've had to come to Jesus more in this last six months probably than and probably ever before. But I need to keep coming to Jesus. Because I'll tell you, I can't make this journey. And I thank God I'm not, I was never created to. What's stopping you coming to Jesus this morning? And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm asking you what stops you coming to Jesus every morning for that time of quietness before him. That time of just surrendering to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm not looking at the cloud, but I have the shaken night glory in my heart. I want you to lead me. I want you to send the fire. I want that baptism of the Holy Spirit again. I want that adrenaline to flow again. I don't need alcohol. I don't need this. What I need is the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to keep me going and give me that adrenaline to make it. Till I get to my promised land. So first of all, I'm coming to Jesus tomorrow. Second of all, I'm going to tell him that I want to focus on him throughout the day. I've got to keep looking at the cloud. They were always looking at the cloud to see if it was going to move. We need to keep looking unto Jesus. And thirdly, I'm encouraged today to say to God every day, I am your possession. Isn't that wonderful? I want to read you a verse as we leave. I want you to grasp this verse. You, Ali, are a chosen person, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a people of his own possession. I only want to say that. You are a people of his own possession. That you might proclaim the excellency of Jesus, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jeff and Jeannie, you are God's possession. You have been called out of darkness 
into life. You have left Egypt. Focus on Christ. He's your possession. Notice that. This is what it goes on to say. For you were redeemed not with things like gold and silver. But you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. What a possession to have. You are purchased this morning with the blood of Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let the adrenaline of his Holy Spirit, the shaken light glory fill your life. Remember every day, I am his and he is mine. Whatever might be false, whether, Lord, I'm sick or ill, whether I have no job or I have a job, whatever life befalls me, I am his. And he's mine. Led by God, there's grace to know. Spirit moving from above. You have taught me it is so. Spirit moving from above. You have taught me that it is so. In a world, that will cease. I am his. And he is mine. And finally, finally, finally. The cloud not only showed them they had left Egypt. Not only did the cloud show them that they needed to keep looking at it. Not only did the cloud show them that they were possessed by the king of kings and lord of lords. But it says this. The cloud was their protection. In Exodus 14, 19, it says, And the angel of God which went before the camp removed and went behind them. And the pillar of God went from before their face, and they stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light to Israel. And Moses said, Stand still and see the great salvation of God. For you will see these Egyptians no more. The cloud came between them and protected the children of Israel till they crossed over the Red Sea. Hallelujah. They crossed over the Red Sea. And as soon as they crossed over the Red Sea, the cloud lifted. You see, God was their protection. God was their possession. God was their provision. And he's mine. He's yours. Because the shaken eye glory lives in us. We are his. He is ours. This is what Jesus says. And I will close. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them. And they follow Jesus. They follow me. I have given them eternal life. Listen to this. And no one can snatch them away from me. You belong to Jesus. You're safe and secure for life. No one can snatch you away from him. What a saviour we have this morning. Come on. What a saviour. He's taken us out of darkness and he's brought us into his eternal light. He says, come and just saturate yourself in me and I'll fill you with his shaking like glory. I'll provide for all your needs, Ed. And I'll protect you from this day forward until the end of your days. And you will go to the promised land. Why? 
Because I love you. And God loves you. And God is saying to you this morning, do not, do not, do not. Not come into the promised land because you think you're not worthy. Or because you've got hang-ups or whatever it is. God wants you to have the shaken night glories. Wants to send the fire. I am his. And he is mine. I am his. And he is mine.